This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mine, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception to pregnancy and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. In this episode, we're talking with Nakisha Tolbert-Banks. She is sharing some of her personal story and journey through PPD and how she got through it, as well as her professional role as a clinical social worker, among many other things, and how she helps people get through perinatal mood disorders. Nakisha is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical addictions counselor. She's a certified laughter yoga leader, as well as a certified empowerment coach. Nakisha serves as adjunct faculty for the University of Cincinnati and has previously been adjunct faculty for Indiana University's School of Social Work. Nakisha believes there is no health without mental health and translates this belief into her practice, Duo Empowerment Services. She provides professional counseling and life coaching services and educates the community through various speaking opportunities on various aspects of mental health and wellness. In her spare time, Nakisha enjoys spending quality time with friends and family, cooking, baking, and traveling. Nakisha enjoys laughing with her husband and two young daughters, as it is an important part of her everyday life, because laughter to her gives life meaning. Welcome, Nakisha. Thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks, Dr. Kat. Excited to be here. I'm super excited to talk to you. You do so many really cool things in your work, and I found out about you and kind of met you through the maternal mental health world. And like so many of us who are in this specialty, uh, we all have our own stories of how we got into it and what we went through to get here. So maybe we can start there with you. What went on for you and how did you get into this work? Sure. So my journey began in 2010. We actually found out that we were expecting actually what would have been our second child. I had the previous loss the year prior. Mm. And so we found out that we were expecting. And obviously, as soon as we found out that we were expecting, I think that's kind of when the anxiety began. Sure. Obviously, with the loss, and then you find out that you're expecting again. And I'm sure that there are so many moms that 
you know, can relate to this. The anxiety kind of comes in and every single day and every single week, it's like, okay, I've made it another day. I've made it another week. And that countdown just continues Mm -hmm. basically for me until I saw that little face Mm -hmm. after our first daughter was actually born, which for me, that process of being pregnant had its ebbs and flows. And the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs were just being sick kind of ongoing for quite a few months into the pregnancy. And, you know, normally the docs were like, well, you shouldn't still be nauseous and, Mm -hmm. you know, the vomiting and things like that. And it kept going and going and going. We're at, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 weeks and 22 weeks and it was still going. And then magically at about eight months, I was no longer sick when it was almost time for me to deliver. So you could imagine that that was pretty draining at that point. Oh, yeah. But then going into, you know, getting prepped for the delivery, like my actual water broke, started having contractions and things like that. And, you know, my husband and I were very excited, like, wow, this is really going to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. Long story short, it became, yeah, you haven't really dilated, but we'll just kind of keep going and seeing how things go. And my water had broken like at seven in the morning. And then by, you know, one in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon, it just became this, okay, you're not dilating. We need to come up with a plan B. What I do remember was telling the nurse at one point that I didn't feel well and pretty much when I kind of remember coming to a little bit I felt wind on my face and that was me being wheeled down the hall into emergency surgery for an emergency c-section and then at that point it was pretty much me out I was snoring on the delivery table Mm. and kind of when I came to there was my daughter and then from the emergency C-section, she went to NICU because of low blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And so again, for many moms that are out there, when you go from one situation to the next, and obviously going from, you know, oh, this healthy baby to NICU, Mm -hmm. it becomes something else. And And that all happens very fast. Yes. yeah, Yeah. You know, and for me, the narcotics, don't mix well with me. And so I was just extremely tired and Mm kind of groggy. And it was just really hard to connect with everything that was going on. So emotionally, I was running really, really high. So things ended up starting to turn a corner and they got better. We were there for a week with our daughter and then we were able to go home. But it was after that, from, you know, her pediatrician to this specialist for this and a specialist for this and all of these different things. My husband having to go back to work because the time that he had taken off was basically spent the first week with NICU Uh and then the second week with doctor's appointments and things like that. And I can just remember automatically feeling like, oh, this loneliness of what am I supposed to do with a new baby? And I don't feel well on these appointments and all of these things going on and the depression set in and it was just pretty much downhill from there. Right. So this is just like, you know, intense day after day for a couple of weeks, let alone just come off of an exhausting pregnancy and really difficult delivery to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. So, I mean, as any mom who's experienced any part of what you've experienced can say is like, yes, this is hard. And this is very stressful. And it's so much 
exhaustion if you're already going into motherhood feeling tired. Yes. And then all of a sudden having to figure out all of this stuff by yourself. Yeah. Wow. I know that for many moms and even for myself at that point, the saving grace for me, because I am a social worker, I knew a lot about postpartum and perinatal mood disorders mm-hmm. to the extent that I had shared with my husband, you know, if you notice that things aren't right with me, or if you hear me saying these things, or if you see me not necessarily being myself, mm-hmm. like call the doctor and get me in, you know, if I'm not able to do that for myself. And I remember saying to him one day, this was, I don't know, maybe three, four months after our daughter was born and things were kind of starting to get back to normal Mm -hmm. for us in a sense. I remember just saying, you know, something's still not right. You know, I don't feel like myself. Like, I don't feel like I know this me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. You know, I went to my physician and she dealt with many moms and different things like that. And so, you know, we sat and we talked and we came up with a plan. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point that, you know, it took months before I really started feeling like I had a grasp and I felt the old me kind of coming back. And by the old me, I just mean that person that had things together and could handle, you know, stressors and different things like that normally. Right. But for a while, it was a real struggle to just even get up every day and do what it was that I needed to do to take care of myself and my child. Wow. So it sounds like on some level, you had some of your own awareness about what to look for and what to keep an eye on. You educated your husband, you found a provider who kind of knew what to do or didn't know what to do. On that level, you had several things working with you and for you. Yeah. As you know, in your work and in mine, that doesn't always happen. Right. And that can be pretty stressful for moms who don't have providers who understand what's going on. Absolutely. But even with that, right, so you have some support, but it's still hard. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the the thing for me is that, and the thing that I'm sure that you educate on is no woman is extinct, you know, like it doesn't just, you know, hit people that wear purple shirts or, you know, (laughs) love roses and, you know, sunshine and rainbows or things like that, you know, this can be the story for any woman that becomes pregnant and goes through this, you know, this particular process. And so for me, obviously, it was a tough, tough time in my life, but I'm thankful and I tell people that I'm a survivor, you know, that I actually you know, was able to work through it and overcome it. And now I'm able to share on that other level now. um, When I work with moms, you know, like I'm not just speaking from textbook or, you know, from someone else's story. Like this is my story because I actually went through it and I know what helped me. Mm -hmm. And so let's come together and work to find a plan that actually works for you. Right. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. 
On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. And did that bring you to specializing a little more specifically in maternal mental health? It definitely did. You know, I think it put me more in a position to understand from a different perspective what is helpful and needed with the moms that I work with. And so obviously now being in private practice, when I have women that are pregnant and they come to me just saying, oh, well, you know, I'm expecting my first child or this is the farthest that I've gotten because I've had previous losses, you know, now I know from a different level, like, what do you need to ensure, number one, your sanity? Because it's like, you know, the mind is amazing and what it can do sometimes to work against us, but we need it to work for us, right? So that part definitely comes into play. You know, it's just kind of like, all right, let's come up with a plan and just know that this plan may have to be altered based on what goes on. But I have a greater awareness because of my now experience Mm -hmm. to be able to help moms in a different way and in a different level. And obviously with the compassion that they need an intricate moment of their life. That's such a beautiful way to put it. It's so true. It is hard unless you've been there. You don't really get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you can learn from a book and that's fine. And, you know, from documentaries or other stories and that's great. And we need those advocates too. And, you know, you don't have to have gone through something in order to help somebody else. But there Absolutely. is sort of like this unique connection that happens when you're like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. I really get it. And that can, that in and of itself can be helpful in healing. Definitely. I definitely agree. So in the work that you're doing now, I mean, you have so many different degrees and things that you've learned how to do in your work. How do you help moms through this with all of the training that you've had 
um, specifically too, and the things that are maybe new to some of the listeners is certified laughter yoga leader and empowerment coaching and using laughter as a way to help moms. Definitely. So to kind of give a little background, one of the other, or I guess two of the other certifications that we just kind of briefly talked about is that I'm a certified laughter yoga leader. And the other is a certified empowerment coach. And so around these parts where I'm currently resigning and I practice, a lot of people know me as the laughter coach or the laughing lady or the lady that laughs or whatever. They always connect me with laughter, which I think is really awesome. It's totally Um, awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So this laughter piece, you know, it's funny that when I get clients that actually call, they're like, well, I saw this on your profile or I read this online about you. Uh Like, do you tell jokes or, you know, like, what do you do? And, you know, I always tell people, no, there will be no joke telling of any sort because I am the worst joke teller ever. Um, Yeah, I either laugh before the punchline or I screw (laughs) it up and it's only funny to me and not anybody else. Uh But the laughter piece for me actually comes into play with the capacity that it is just organic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for instance, when I'm working with a mom and, you know, she comes in and she's just like, you know, this is this whole pregnancy thing is new to me and I've got a lot of anxiety around it or, you know, I've had a previous loss and so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of not sure of what to do or how I should think or how I should feel and, you know, there are certain things that come up that... I may chuckle about and I always ask for forgiveness and say, you know, I don't mean to laugh and I'm not poking fun, but that kind of made me snicker a little bit and I'll say, here's why. And they'll say, oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. Uh And then we kind of laugh about it. Or they may come in and say, do you remember when we were meeting in session last week and we were talking about X, Y, and Z? Well, that happened. And I just burst into laughter and I thought about you, (laughs) you know? And so it's really neat because it's like, it's not this forced thing that has to happen in order for us to use laughter Mm -hmm. in session, but it's what comes up organically. And we utilize that to shift the client's mood into this better space. You know, obviously because, you know, a mom that's expecting, there are so many different things that are going on that Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, if you can find humor in parts of this pregnancy, then utilize that to propel you forward and keep things going in the right direction, you know, because there are so many negative things or so many unfortunate things that you could focus on. Mm -hmm. But if you can shift yourself to actually focusing on the good stuff and the positive stuff and the stuff that makes you laugh, then go with it, you know, then go with it. And again, that's not something that I didn't have to do. You know, there were days Mm -hmm. where, you know, I'd go in for what was supposed to be a 30 minute appointment. And then four hours later, I'm coming out like they did this and this and this. And, you know, they thought this, but then this ended up coming about. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to make sense of it all by sometimes just sitting and laughing about it. Right. That's such a good way to reframe and to put a different parameter around what's going on in someone's life. Because right, if they're coming in, they're depressed and anxious. It's not that like, they're going to be thinking the first thing is laughter in that moment. But it sounds like from what I'm hearing, you're sort of giving them an out 
by giving them an option to find the thing that's interesting or ironic or funny in those moments. Absolutely. You know, I tell people all the time, this whole laughter bit, it's free. You know, we don't have to sign up for laughter. We don't have to, you know, go to your neighbor and ask if you can borrow a cup of laughter. You know, it's just that thing right. that everybody has. We just have to embrace it, you know. Right. And again, you know, I just want to make sure that it's clear that it's not anything that I force with my clients. Right, and, right. You know, it's not something that it's not inappropriate or anything like that. We definitely utilize the moments where, you know, maybe my client starts laughing and I'll say, you know, what was so funny about that for you? You know, mm -hmm. share with me mm -hmm. and then they share it with me and then we take moments to laugh about it. And yeah. it really does just throw a different perspective and a different light on that particular situation. And, you know, if it's that one thing that made them laugh in the course of the day, well, you know, by golly, George, let's take it and go with it. Right, especially yeah. if most of the day is glum or down or sad, like any break in that stream of feeling down is a good break. Absolutely. Especially if it's this positive thing. And I just keep thinking like laughter is medicine, laughter is medicine. And that's what you're... <laughs> Yeah, it to definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. I love this perspective. You know, I mean, I feel like as I'm listening to what you do, it sort of brings up, you know, more hopeful feelings. And it's like just something to hold on to. Maybe even if it's just for a moment during their day, it can brighten up just that little spot. And that might yeah. be what gets them through the day. Yeah. And I think it's definitely, you know, a piece that many people don't think about as just a way for us to focus on a particular situation differently you know right. even with the husbands you know that may come in or the boyfriends or you know significant others with these moms you know they may come in and they're having a rough time you know with just supporting their loved one that's you know expecting or you know on the flip side you know going through postpartum and so, you know, for me, it's also to help them to find that little glimmer of hope and laughter, you know, because, you know, on that other end, the people that support these moms, it's just as critical for them to understand what's going on and have that support as well. So right. it really does play a key factor in the work that I do to just help everyone to see that, you know, just that little bit can go a long way. Absolutely. And these can be very, very stressful situations. It sounds like that's something you work a lot with. Yeah. High stress. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, your personal story carried a high level of stress along with that. And just, you know, coming through that and surviving and thriving through that is not easy to go through quite a lot to get through that. And it sounds like what you're helping your clients to do. Yeah, and you know, that stress can be very debilitating. I mean, when a person is stressed, you know, it can really affect the way in which you think, you know, and people, I don't think, always recognize that until, like for me in practice, where I sit down and say, okay, like, what are you stressed about right now? And they'll say, well, I don't really feel like I'm stressed about anything. Then as we start to talk about, well, what did you do during the course of this week? Mm -hmm. or what didn't go right 
during the course of this week? Or, you know, how have you been feeling? You know, and then as they begin to talk about it, they'll say, I didn't really think that that was bothering me until right now when I actually sat down to, to think about it and to talk about it. That's and so, so amazing what stress can do you know it really can affect the way that you think the way that you operate or even your mood it's just kind of like well I didn't get up and do anything for the last two days but it's just because I've been tired Mm -hmm. you know I didn't get dressed I didn't take a shower I didn't do my hair I didn't do anything other than feed the baby or you know whatever and it's just kind of like okay so let's talk about this a little bit more and you know kind of apply this to what it actually means for you no one told us the truth about parenthood why this is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here whew, there is a lot to unpack i'm rachel Shepardota, and i am your host for the podcast no one told us where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And so a lot of times with just simply sitting and talking about stressors, you know, whether it's financial or support, you know, because it's amazing what lack of support can do for, you know, moms after they've had a baby. Like that lack of support can be very, you know, it can be a damper, you know. And so it's important to really look at those stress levels, too, and kind of monitor where moms are in that process. Right. I think depression, I mean, a lot of people often say that they didn't or don't realize they're depressed until they're kind of in it, like the slow boil type of feeling that once you get used to a feeling, like let's say you have a, you know, a highly stressful environment or you've been depressed for a long time and it's just kind of what you know, it doesn't maybe necessarily register as stress anymore but it's still affecting you. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like in the work that you're doing, you're really sitting down and and kind of breaking that apart and helping people reflect on it and be mindful of like, oh yeah, that thing really does affect me. And then that gives them the opportunity if they can, you know, to do something different. Yes, absolutely. 
and I'm just kind of thinking about some of the moms that I've worked with and the important piece to that is just the awareness, you know, Mm -hmm. there's kind of this big shift in movement in a work that a lot of therapists and providers like ourselves, things that we're doing with mindfulness Mm -hmm. and it's being mindful in the moment about what's going on or, you know, in the moments that, you know, something doesn't feel right to you. So I'm just thinking about the moms that I work with and I'm like, just be mindful of your moods, like Mm -hmm. during the day and during the weeks, like, did you have any up moments? If you did, what were those up moments about? What was going on? What happened that week? You know, so that you can use that to kind of be that foundation so that when you're maybe having a down moment or you're feeling a little bit more stressed or anxious, Mm -hmm. you can say, okay, I know that these things have happened and have caused me to feel more anxious or more depressed. So what are some things that I need to do to kind of help shift that? Do I need to contact my provider and maybe go in for a recheck? Mm -hmm. You know, do I need to call a friend to say, hey, can you meet me out at the park so that, you know, we can go for a walk with the baby? Or is Mm -hmm. it, hey, I just need somebody to come and sit with the baby for a couple of hours while I sleep, you Uh, know? Yeah. Sometimes it's just those little things. I need to do the laundry. I just need a fresh home. Maybe I need to vacuum or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. But all of those things, you know, we really don't necessarily think about are things that can stress us or make us feel really sad. Right. But in the event that, you know, you have to take a step back and look at that, sometimes those are just those little things that start to add up. Right. I think especially for new moms, there's so much going on. And sometimes it's hard to even notice what you need until you really slow down and think about it. Because there's so much to do and so much to learn and to pay attention to. And oh, yeah, I'm sleep deprived. And, you know, (laughs) what you were just describing a little bit ago, I was hearing some of the empowerment stuff, Mm -hmm. just really being able to find out what the mom's strengths are on some level and help them access those. Definitely. That part of that piece is the empowerment stuff. Yes. And so the company that I started in 2008 is Duo Empowerment Services, and it's D.U.O. And it stands for Do Unto Others. Mm. And the empowerment, the M and the E in the mint part of empowerment is actually capitalized. So it spells empower me. Yes. And so the basis behind this company and the reason why I started it and I titled it as such is, you know, do one to others, you know, how would I want someone to help me if I needed help? And so it's kind of that basis of, you know, if the tables were turned, Mm -hmm. what would I want on the other side? Right. Yeah. And so that empower me piece is it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Like my clients empower me to be a better provider while Mm -hmm. I empower them to be the best them that they can be given the tools that I help them to use or to become more aware of so that they Mm -hmm. can use in their everyday lives. And that's what the whole empowerment piece Mm -hmm. is. It's me empowering my clients in areas that they need that help to get better, Mm -hmm. to just be better in that, and to utilize those skills that they learn down the line for when they run into a particular situation or issue again. 
Right. Yeah. So if I lived in your area, you would be my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome. I mean, right? These are life tools, just like in terms of how you even do unto others and how you so thoughtfully put together your business name and your, it sounds like, I don't know you all that well, but it sounds like your intentions are just like in such a good place for the kind of work that you do and the kind of help that you're giving to your community is awesome. Yeah, I absolutely, you know, when I tell everybody that I'm, I meet, like, this isn't work for me. Like this is, Mm -hmm. you know, people would say like a calling sometimes that people have. And I would definitely say it's a calling that I have, but I have known since the first time I actually volunteered, I was 14 years old in my hometown. I knew that I wanted to help people or in some factor. I didn't Mm -hmm. know what kind of a way, but this for me is just so energetic. Like I get so much energy from meeting with people. I get excited when my clients come. They think that I'm crazy. Like when they walk through the door and I stand there and I give these spirit fingers and I'm like, Hey, you made it in today. Like, oh my gosh. Like, why are you so happy? Let's go into the, into the office. And then they just laugh because they know that that's just me. And You know, it's one of those things, though, that, you know, if my bright and chipper spirit finger itself, you know, (laughs) the one thing that's going to make you laugh today, then by golly, George, I'm going to give it to you and let's work, you know, but I absolutely love, love, love that I have been blessed with the opportunity to help so many people. That's awesome. I can tell, you know, from talking to you how much heart you put into your work. And, you know, I don't think anyone could go wrong by coming to see you and getting (laughs) help and getting like realigning their tool set and, you know, getting back on the path. It's just the work that you do is super inspiring. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, Nikisha, I'm so excited to know you. I'm really excited about the work that you do. And I want other people to be able to find you. So how can people find you? Yes, absolutely. If you would like to go to my website and just kind of learn more about what I'm doing or just grab other information, my web address is www.duogiggles.weebly.com. That's www.duogiggles.com. D-U-O-G-I-G-G-L-E-S dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. Or you can find me on Twitter at First Lady Giggles. Or you can find me on Facebook by just entering Duo Empowerment Services. And that's D-U-O Empowerment Services. And if you'd like to send an email, feel free. You can email Info.duoservices at gmail.com. I am so sorry, but that happens. You know, I got all this stuff floating around in my head. I'm giving out the wrong information. So (laughs) that's how people can find me. Awesome. Okay, everyone, go find her. And I'm excited to know you and to be in touch with you. And thank you so much for sharing your story today and your path to being a survivor and being an advocate and being a therapist and helping all of these people in your area. And yes, Dr. Kat, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Awesome. By joining us today and listening, you're a part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this free podcast so that Mom and Mind can be found by moms, families, and providers who will benefit from hearing our talks. 
If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com, where you will also find links and information from today's episode. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.